Well, hi, guys. This is Mike Young with Noble Warriors, and I want to welcome you to the Noble Man Podcast, episode number 45. Now, you guys can't hear it, but it has taken me six times to say episode number 45. So just a little bit of fun. I'm sure Todd will include that in the blooper reel at some point. But we are excited that you are with us. Uh, we are starting a new theme for the month of February. Our theme is What Are Men Looking For? And, and what is manhood? The what man question. I'm pretty excited because I've got my middle son Zach on the line here with three of his buddies. They're all students at Virginia Tech. They're all part of the Corps of Cadets and they are in the ROTC program. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves and tell you just a little bit where they're from, what their age is, what their major is, and then what they're going to do after they graduate and commission in their various branches of service. So uh, guys, welcome to the show and introduce yourselves. Well, thank you for having us, Mr. Young. My name is Zach Harding. I am 22. I am a meteorology student. I'm a Navy ROTC, and upon graduation and commissioning, I will be entering Naval Flight School in Pensacola, Florida to learn how to be a Naval Flight Officer. Awesome. Now, uh, one thing I forgot, where are you from? I am from Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, cool. Well, I just want to echo Zach's thank you. Um, I know we're all really looking forward to it, so thank you. Um, my name is Jeff Riakis, and I am 21 as well, or I guess I'm 22. I'm 21, <laughs> um, pursuing a dual degree in Russian and national security foreign affairs, um, and I'm in Navy RTC, and I service-selected SWO, which is surface warfare, uh, and so I'm hoping to pick my ship, or I will pick my ship at the end of this month, uh, and I'm hoping to go to Mayport, Florida. Wow, surface warfare. What type of ship do you want to be on? I'm hoping for a destroyer. And you're from where? I'm from Monaco, Virginia. Well, hey, Pops. Uh, so this is Zachary Young. Thanks for uh, having us on. I'm excited to just be able to talk and discuss manhood in uh, today's environment with, with all these guys here who enjoyed our journey together at Jane Tech. Um, but other than that, I'm a building construction major, uh, 22, and Army ROTC, so same as my older brother uh, and both grandparents, actually. And then uh, upon graduation, I'll be commissioning it as an aviation officer. So going down to Fort Rucker, Alabama and flying some sort of airframe, hoping for either an Apache or Chinook because who wouldn't want to fly something big and uh, something that blows up a lot. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Very cool. And you're actually from my house. So um, yeah, easy. Yeah. yeah, easy. All right. So uh, Jonathan, introduce yourself. Well, my name is Jonathan Royster. I'm from a small town in uh, East Tennessee. Uh, I'm studying construction engineering and management, uh, and I'm in Naval ROTC along with uh, Zach and Jeffrey. And uh, upon graduation, I don't know what I'm doing yet, actually. Uh, I'm a four and a half year student, so I will not find out my commissioning source and what I'm doing until October. But one thing set in stone is I am getting married in January. So that's uh, that's one thing to look forward to, not related to my career, I guess. <laughs> Well, that is certainly something to look forward to. Congratulations. That's very cool. And I think Zach Harding is getting married in May. Is that correct, Zach? That is correct. May 23rd. Yeah. And his fiance, Jane, actually took our family photo that was uh, on the cards that we mailed out. So love all these guys. I've met them on several occasions. And uh, now a question that's not on the list, but you guys call yourself and a few other guys Mach 6. Somebody tell me what Mach 6 is all about. Yeah, so Mach 6, it stands for uh, Men of Christ 6, um, and 
I mean, it's really just the Lord's work and how we all came together. Um, because I mean, Zach and I live in together. We talk about all the time how we are polar opposites. Um, but yet we're all best friends. And so it's really incredible. Yeah. So you guys are sharpening each other and uh, knocking the hard stuff off, huh? Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, listen, here's my premise for where we are and what I want to kind of talk about with this uh, with this podcast episode So, and this series. So my premise is this. Manhood is confused and corrupted in our culture and our time. I find that many young men and young women as well are uncertain about what manhood really is and are fearful even to explore the topic because of the stigma with toxic masculinity and all the confusion in our culture. And so we we aren't sure what to do with this. It, it becomes a topic that's hard to wrestle with, but I also think it's something that everyone wants to understand more clearly and at a deeper level. And so I, I thought of a uh, just a simple Bible passage to, to share with you guys to, to kind of kick us off. And that's this from, from 1 Kings chapter 2. Uh, David was nearing death, and he, he called Solomon in to speak to him, Solomon, one of his sons. And, and so here's what this says. When David's time drew near, he commanded Solomon, his son, saying, I am about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man and keep charge, keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in it in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may establish his word and he that he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons pay close attention to their way to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Listen, the, the key to that is be strong, show yourself a man. My goodness, uh, Solomon probably had a better idea of what that looked like in his time. But when someone says, show yourself a man, that's kind of hard to get your hands wrapped around because of the cultural moment that we're in. So um, let me start with this. And you guys have seen my list of questions, so you know who's going to respond to each one. But here's one of my questions. Are you clear on what manhood is or should be? And do you think other folks around you are clear? So Zach Young, I think you... uh, we're going to respond to that question. So um, I think I'll answer the first question down first, whereas what is the definition of manhood or could you provide a clear definition of manhood? And I'm totally going to steal this from Robert Lewis and uh, Men's Fraternity and 33 and all that. But a uh, clear defini- definition of manhood being rejecting passivity, accepting responsibility, lead courageously and investing eternally. Um, and I, I think that couldn't be truer, uh, especially across time. I mean, it's, it's fantastic to look at the way how the Bible was written, you know, 2,000, 4,000 years ago, and then human instincts and all of this different stuff hasn't changed, and the way that God works in us really hasn't changed either. It just comes out maybe in different ways culturally. Um, and so having a clear definition of manhood, I think I do. I think all of our guys around on this table do as well. Um, but really, that is the product of much deliberation and research and intentionality and studying the word, going through 33 men's fraternity, um, being invested in by older men. And you'll, you'll hear that talked about a little bit today by the rest. Um, and so I think that is, is, is clear for me and the guys around the table. Now, do you think other folks around you are clear on that? I would say no. Um, 
And that's even a hard thing to say because society wants to define it in such a way that they give us some sort of a clear answer, but it just is so counter instinctual. I don't even know if that's a word, but it's so counter against what God has created us to be as men that it's just confusing. Um, and so if you go up to the, the common man on the street, the common college student, um, even in a college ministry, which is just remarkably fascinating to me, uh, they could not give you a clear definition of what a biblical man is, much less just a man in today's world. Um, and so I know this may be a little bit of an answer to a, a question further ahead, but I think that's one of the main draws that, that we have as young men, as grounded Christian men to drawing other guys outside of the faith into the faith, because I can propose a question of, Hey, do you know what manhood is? Let's have a conversation about what is a man and you're off to the races. You know, I just want to affirm that because uh, one of the things that that Robert Lewis said in some work that we did together not too long ago was that he thinks the question of what manhood truly is, is one of the best evangelistic hooks in our time. Because it's so confusing that if you could if you could somehow move a conversation to what do you think manhood is, then all of a sudden you've got a you have got a conversation going, and it's easy to move that to um, to a spiritual conversation. So uh, that's awesome. I was going to say it couldn't be truer either. I mean, there has been multiple conversations with people that we've drawn in, and all of us are this way that we've drawn into to our group to study this just off the fact of, hey, do you know what this looks like? Well, Zach, thanks so much. Now, I'm going to jump to the next Zach because I know he had dibs on the next question. When the topic of manhood comes up, what do people say? How do they react? And and what, is, what do you hear when you bring up the topic of manhood around folks that maybe are not in your circle? Are, are they repulsed by it or drawn in? So I would say that in today's day and age in our world, the topic of manhood usually has a word attached to it and that word toxic and i think that most people don't want to have the conversation about manhood without using the word and i think that the big the big component of that is that manhood today is thought of in a light of what's the easiest path that i can take in this life if you if you refer back to those tenants that zach just spoke about um given by robert lewis like those are all four of those are hard they do not come naturally they do not come easily you can't do it on your own you need other people around you spurring you on towards the goal of those four rules. So a toxic man is a man who does the hard work. Um, so I think a lot of people, they've kind of just resorted to the easy path. Um, you know, they want to play video games. They don't want to work. They don't want to care for their children, care for their wife, um, care for where the weak and the sick and the poor. Um, and for whatever reason, that's really taken hold in our culture. And I would say that most people, um, they recognize that that's probably not right. But because culture says that's right, they're just going to allow that to be what um, drives their focus on the topic of manhood. All right. So you said so the toxic man is the one who does the hard things. Is that the toxic man or the true man? And then the toxic man is the one who doesn't do those things, who's kind of lazy in those things. So if culture was speaking, they would say the toxic man is the one who does the hard things. In a biblical light, in a godly man, is the man who does the hard things. He's the man who um, rejects passivity. He invests eternally. Um, but our culture says that the toxic man is the provider. Um, that's a se- that's sexist if you provide for your wife. Oh, okay, I see. So you're you're saying that the um, 
the the true definition of manhood has been corrupted. And so if you're trying to live that out and lead and care for your family, that somehow that gets corrupted and turned around. And because you're seeking to lead and provide and care, then people see that as like a power grab, maybe. Exactly. That culture has warped the definition of true manhood. How were the young ladies responding to that? I would say that most young ladies still want a knight in shining armor. Um, they still want a man who is going to fight for them, who's going to go to work, who's going to work 40, 45, 50 hours a week, come home, provide for the children. Um, but that's not what they're getting because that's not no longer propped up on the pedestal. That's no longer what is what men are told that they should strive to be. Um, I, I think that a great example of this is just maybe four or five months ago, the PlayStation 5 was released. And a huge meme that went out with the PlayStation 5 was, how are you going to ask your wife or your girlfriend or your mom to pay for your PlayStation? And think about how backwards that is. <laughs> for a second, wow. think about that. That is ridiculous. Why, why is that funny, first of all? Second of all, why are we as men, the men who should be working, the men who should be able to buy it? I don't know if you should buy one. I'm not saying that it's bad to play video games. But <laughs> I why are we asking our wife to go buy a PlayStation for us? Shouldn't we be the ones who are making the money so that we can buy a PlayStation probably for our kids or our family? Um, and I just think that for whatever reason, along the way, women come to accept that, oh, yeah, I guess that's what we'll have to do. I have to buy a PlayStation to make sure that my husband's happy. Um, but I think that girls our age, 20s, teenagers, they still want that guy to come in, sweep them off their feet, provide for them, defend their family and their honor, and um, just be the person that they can live the rest of their life with and really have a true, deep affection for. Well, and, and that sets me up. I need to have a conversation with some young ladies because I think our culture is telling many young ladies that you need to pursue career it, put marriage on the back burner, put family on the back burner. Um, you need to pursue a career and be in a position to take care of yourself because you can't trust a man to take care of you. Um, and, and so there's this, this battle of these two ideologies that uh, come into conflict and create chaos in our lives and, and, and really mess up a lot of scenarios. So awesome. Okay. So um, let's see, Jeff, Jeffrey, um, is manhood generally affirmed or feared or what, what are you seeing in that regard? That was one of my questions for you guys. Yeah, Mike, I wanted to answer this question, but before I jump into answering the whole question, I want to talk about my dad uh, and just give my dad a shout out because of the men that have been in my life. Uh, they have influenced me in a, such a great way that I've been able to influence my dad. Uh, you know some of the backstory about my dad, and so do these guys know it as well. But he wasn't always the best, and he wasn't always there. To see his heart change in such a drastic and positive way has been awesome. He loves his children so much, and he loves his wife so much, and now he's going to church. And so to see the change in his life because of the change in my life has been so impactful. And honestly, it starts with the men that have influenced me. And the first being the most influential, which was Don Hines. He is such a great man, such a great example. And Don is the leader of the Valor organization that we're in uh, here at Virginia Tech. And I met Don my freshman year because I joined Valor my freshman year. I mainly joined Valor because, well, I just wanted to be out of uniform and not in the <laughs> You know, I'm a bald kid that doesn't know what's going on. I just want to get away. And so that was really why I joined. And then Don asked me to be a leader. 
going into my sophomore year. And, and it's been incredible to walk through life with Don uh, weekly, weekly basis, same day, same time every week, uh, meeting with Don and Zach and to be able to just open up to them and hear wisdom from Don position, having four kids, being married, being a ministry leader, and then hearing Zach being so steadfast in his faith. I was so new in my faith when I joined um, Valor. Uh, Zach was so steadfast. He had grown up in a wonderful home. Um, and I was, I was a little lost. Um, and I even told him that, and to be a leader with, with Zach was awesome. And, and to have Don there as a, a guiding force was, uh, quite incredible as well. On top of that, I wanted to add just our group of guys to some men that have been able to help me navigate life. Uh, they have just been a rock for me to be able to turn to in any situation. Um, you know, we went to Europe together. We've grown a lot together. Uh, and there has been a lot of healing. When I was in such a bad position with my now fiance, uh, these were the guys I turned to to ask for advice, to have these guys, to be able to see my flaws and to be able to see my insecurities and to be able to pull me along with them uh, has been so incredible to experience. That's awesome. Well, very cool. I love the idea of you uh, sitting under the leadership and the and the encouragement of Don Hines. And, and for you guys, we all need some older men who can show us the, the way forward. But we also know, need some, some men who are at about our same age of life or stage of life who can walk the path with us. And we can sharpen and encourage each other and, and pick each other up. It's, uh, it's Ecclesiastes 4. Um, we all are going to fall down and we need somebody to pick us up. So I love that. All right. Now I know that you guys are all along with some other guys. I think there's about 11 young men from Valor that are participating in better man. So let me just get a word from all of you guys. What, what's the better man experience like so far? I know you're just getting started, but tell us what that looks like. What's your level of excitement is about that. And what's, what's happening with that experience with the better man curriculum. Well, hey, Pops. Um, yeah, let, let me jump in and, and uh, start this real quick, and then we'll get um, some feedback from everybody going through. But it has been just so far incredible. Um, I cannot express how excited I am going forward for the curriculum uh, and the relationships that are being built already. Jeffrey and I are the leaders of our community group, the senior community group in Valor. Um, and so we've, we've had the privilege of being able to walk alongside of some older guys to bring this curriculum, this material to our community group. And it has just already been a whole lot of fun. I've learned a heck of a lot um, and just, just been really excited by the older guys we're bringing in. And so um, before I get too deep, I'm going to go ahead and let, let everybody else share a little bit of thoughts and then, um, and then we'll move forward, I guess. Yeah, I'll jump into it a little bit and just talk about how excited I am and the fact that we had a similar study last semester and we get a side text from Zach Young, uh, and he had watched the video with Jeffrey, and Zach was like, this one's even better than last semester. <laughs> and so that What did you do last semester? We did the 33 series, um, Robert Lewis. So we did the first volume, and then we did the third volume. And at first, I can't, was it the man? The man and his design. And then the third was man and his traps. Yeah. Right. We did both of those last semester. Um, and to experience that with them was just so incredible and so impactful and to grow in relationships just with the guys I'm already close to, but also some guys that I wasn't necessarily close to. Uh, and I grew in relationship with them. And I think this semester is really going to open up opportunities to hear from different people um, and to hear from different experiences, especially with 
uh, Mike Montgomery being there and some other gentlemen who are coming in from different parts of the, the um, surrounding area to influence us as well. Yeah, just real quick. Um, it is so exciting to be able to, you know, be like this first group, this pilot group um, in Virginia and to be able to hopefully bring it as a model um, to Virginia Tech, to Valor, to wherever, whoever wants to use this model. Um, because going from the 33 series to better man um, has been incredible. And we've been lucky enough to have a majority of the guys go from last semester into this program, into better man this semester. Um, but I think what captures it best is um, last semester, one of the seniors who then graduated uh, said, I wish every man could do this. Um, wow. So it's, it's opening these conversations that are definitely difficult to have, and they require a lot of vulnerability on everyone's part. Um, but I mean, we can see it every night that we meet. It's changing hearts, um, and it'll be really incredible to see. So what's one point, one thought, one, one concept that has been brought to the fore uh, because a better man that you would not have thought about or dealt with uh, previously? Sure. So one of the things that we talked, spoke about in the first true session of Better Man was, um, I believe it was five common lies that men believe. And yeah. we went around the room, we shared which of those lies just kind of scream in our faces that that is what we believe. And the one that I believe, I'd already, I already had known that I believed it, but I never vocalized it to anyone. And I never vocalized the, the underlining factors and the layers that go into that lie. Um, and it was just so freeing to finally, you know, get that off my chest and lay it in front of other men who then could hear that and then spur me on towards um, just the complete defeat of that lie in my life. Yeah, that's huge. It is. My goodness, when you start living that way and freedom comes... And victory is enjoyed. The victory is there. You just have to claim it because Christ has won the victory. So that's that's cool. Well, I think to, to kind of put a bow on this, this question real quick, Pops, I want to turn it back to what this does to the community. Um, because already I got so excited about the premise of Better Man to begin with because of how it, it connects generations that just have a huge gap. I mean, yep. You talk about the, the gap between college students and then like the 60, 70 year olds, um, the wise senior, senior livers. And man, we don't know how to communicate with each other. And there is so much wisdom and advice and fun stories and adventures and all history that, that those older guys have lived through. And they don't know how to connect with us and we don't know how to connect to them. And so I think one of the coolest things that Better does is provide a safe um, environment as well as a, uh, a space that encourages openness um, and adventure and storytelling that, hey, I can connect to some older guys who are going to teach me how to, what are some pitfalls they, they ran into in life? Um, and so looking at the church and doing ministry, specifically here in the New River Valley, man, there are four colleges within like a 50 mile radius and all of the surrounding people that are here when we leave from senior year when we leave for breaks and they just have so I can't imagine the um the, the perspectives they have on college students that come and go come and go come and go man how do you want to invest what do you want to be remembered as when those when those guys leave and so it's quite literally providing a platform for us to be able to connect to the actual communities that I'm going to school in which is which is a whole lot of fun um and 
to tell you the truth, it also maybe is going to get me a free meal every once in a while because I'll be able to go to somebody's <laughs> house and, you know, they, um, be able to open up their home for a barbecue or something like that. So there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. So um, a couple of things I would the, maybe the term that we want to use is this builds a bridge between the generations. Titus two um, in Titus two, older men are told to invest in younger men and older women are told to invest in younger women. Um, and this creates a pathway so that that can happen. Um, I also know that you have a pastor that has come to these first couple of meetings. And um, I don't know that he's going to have the, the bandwidth to participate for the long haul. But give us a, a just a, a snapshot of his reaction to what he already sees as the potential for something like Better Man to help us connect the generations and talk about manhood. I mean, that's the core issue here. Follow Jonathan's uh, lead here and give a shout out to Jeff Noble just because, wow, what an incredible pastor, what an incredibly humble man um, who we have all learned to love and respect uh, up on the podium as well as uh, in, in the church pews with us. And so being able to watch his life on and off a stage has just been incredible. Um, getting to know him through going to grab coffee and different things, and then being able to participate in Better Man, be able to cast a vision. You, you were talking about casting a vision earlier. And so he has he's taken what, what we want to do here and is looking at, man, how can I get my church involved? How can I get my men's ministry leaders? How can I get the guys who I know are going to be hot on this and try to incorporate it and not just the ministry, not just value, but also the church. And man, what other churches do I have in the area that I'm connected to? Yeah. Um, and so that that's part of his vision, which is really stinking cool. The first session he came to, I mean, he was sitting there and just having, I could see it on his face and I could see it on all of the faces of the guys surrounding when he was talking, man, it was like, we just wanted to learn from him. We just wanted to, to glean what he was, um, what he was laying down. Cause man, it was, it was just good. He's got some incredible perspective and, uh, and he does such a great job of encouraging and, and saying, Hey, I'm a fan of this. I want to champion this, which, uh, we were having a conversation earlier that day where you said you want to set the pastor up to, to be, um, what was the word you said? Uh, the grand marshal in a great parade. That's right. You want to, you want the pastor to be grand marshal in, in, the, in the parade. So, man, all he has to do is show up, sit on a horse, wave, and encourage people because his yeah. means and speaks so much. Um, yeah. That's what happened. It was awesome. Ah, cool. Well, listen, so uh, let me just take a pause here and say, folks, are you listening? Are you paying attention? This is uh, These guys are 21 and 22 years old. They're college seniors. They're getting ready to go out into the world to serve our country, um, and they are hungry for connection with older men. Now, guys, if you're out there listening and and you're not catching this, then you need to back up and listen to the first part of this again because there are pathways and tools and resources that Noble Warriors can help you with. Hey, we'll put this stuff in your hands. We'll connect you with the right stuff. But there are young men who are hungry to learn from you. There are bunches of other guys like this out there, and man, what would it look like if we were all to begin to invest in a next generation of godly men? It changes everything. So pay attention. Okay, now here, let me jump back into this. That's my public service announcement. And uh, so, Jeffrey, uh, as you look to the future, do you think that manhood, living out biblical manhood, is going to get easier or harder? What do you think you're facing coming up in, in the years to come? Yeah, I definitely 
would like to think that it's going to get easier because we're being set up now. Um, and I think we, we're getting that foundation that we need uh, to take biblical manhood and to model that and bring it into the future. But I definitely think in the society we live in, it's going to be more difficult for us. Um, I think right now we live in what's called cancel culture. And if you, it's like you do one wrong thing, then you're done. You're canceled. This toxic masculinity with everything being so out there, um, I just think it's going to be more and more difficult to do the right thing instead of just doing what society wants you to do. And, and you know, but what here's what I'll say is there will be people who are attracted to the um, the the solid structure of manhood that you understand and hold on to. They they will they may bicker about it over here on the side, but they will be drawn to that because the core of this is Jesus is our model for manhood. And and that's you know, when we get to the core issue here, biblical manhood is about representing Christ in our lives, in our homes, and living and loving and leading in a way that he did. That is sacrificially living and leading and loving. And that is that is so attractive to our world, but they it's it's like they want it, but they can't get close enough to appreciate it. They're afraid of it. And so if we can live out our manhood and our faith in a way that honors the Lord, it's going to be attractive to other people because we're going to be willing to live and serve and give to them. It's it's a heart of generosity that comes out of that. So I love what you guys are doing. You you don't even recognize how valuable this is going to be as you go and take command and involve yourself in other scenarios as you lead marriages and families. Um, I'm just excited for you. So let me let me jump. Zach, I know you've already talked a lot about your experience with Pastor Jeff, but what would you say to a pastor or men's ministry leader? Don't forget, these are 22-year-old guys. What would you say to a pastor or men's ministry leader who might be listening about how to reach these young men uh, in this demographic? These are Gen Z guys. Well, I'm excited for this question because I think uh, we hit on a little bit earlier. I don't want this to become a roast session of the church or anything because I believe wholeheartedly in, in what the mission is and our ultimate goal is. But I definitely think there are some things we can improve in terms of how we go about it. In terms of reaching not even just our demographic, uh, the college age student, uh, men, I'm, just men in general, good grief. We've got to find a way to provide some sort of adventure for some guys in church. I mean, the fact that all you have to do on a Sunday morning is show up, not even dressed up anymore, show up, sit in a church pew, sing a couple of songs, listen to a sermon, go home and almost never have to open up your mouth and talk to talk to anybody, go through life, um, have any kind of responsibility. I mean, that is almost ridiculous to me. I think as a church, we are called to invest in the church itself. So then, we, then we can go and invest in the community. And so we need to find a way to somehow encourage adventure and responsibility in the church and call men into that. Um, there, was a, there was a statistic given by Better Man, and I'm, I'm going to butcher it. I don't remember it exactly, but it talked about how many women were involved in church versus men. And it was astounding. Yeah. I mean, it was almost saying that men were to a point useless and ineffective in the church which is ridiculous. I mean, where, where are the guys? Um, and so, and I think we've created this problem for ourselves. And so is it my generation's fault? Is it your generation's fault? Who cares? It's just, we've got a problem in front of us. We've got a challenge. 
when you figure out how to conquer it. And so I think part of that comes with giving, giving guys an adventurous challenge and responsibility to have inside of the church, um, providing ways to connect together. And also a big part of that, I believe, is casting vision. You hit on that earlier. I mean, guys have been given and wired by God to have this, this mantle of leadership to be something that, that is, it's almost comfortable when you get there. It's uncomfortable to get it at first, but man, it feels right. Feels good to grab something with my two hands and wrestle it to the ground. And so being able to cast a vision, man, that is, it's igniting. It's something that is inviting and enticing to other people. If, if a guy sits up on, on a, on a rock and just is trying to rally people together, that is something that can be, it's, it's engulfing. I'm, I'm blanking on a word here, but I think casting vision for life and an ultimate uh, view of manhood and how we live that out is something that is going to be useful and necessary for the church going forward, or else you're going to lose all the guys. You're going to use, lose all the younger guys. And sooner or later, there is, there is going to be no church where people can go and, and have um, solitude and peace and restoration. So I am sure that the disciples of Jesus were, uh, they were living an adventure. And so that's something I think that's written in the heart of every man. That's uh, where you get that from John Eldridge's book. Um, Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart. There you go. All right, Zach Harding, what would you say to a seasoned man who has time on his hands and plenty of experiences in life, but he feels like his mistakes and his failures disqualify him from being able to speak into a young man's life like yours. Right. So let me preface this by acknowledging the fact that I could, tr I'm treading the line of arrogance here as I am young and I haven't, you know, I don't have the extra 30, 40 years that the men I'm speaking to have on yep. me. Um, but I would like to say that, don't you wish you had someone to do that for you when you were my age at 22? I don't want to make the same mistakes you made, whether it be apathy, whether it be workaholism, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whatever it is, lust, a marital affair. I don't want to make those decisions. And I want someone who has made those decisions and who is someone who's conquered them and risen above them to come to me and say, hey, you need to avoid this. You need to avoid that. That's a red flag. Hey, go down this path, meet with these people because they will lead you to success. Um, it is do not assume that people don't want to hear you speak. People want to hear you speak. And if they don't want to hear you speak, they probably need to hear you speak because that is my experience. <laughs> um, so be persistent. And if they're not reaching out to you, reach out to them because chances are they might feel a little timid and, or embarrassed yeah. or just uncomfortable. Um, that's something that I feel a lot of people struggle with in today's world. Just we, we strive. I mentioned this earlier. We strive to be comfortable in almost all that we can do. It's taking yeah. every facet of our life, and we don't want to engage in uncomfortable conversations or relationships. But the only way to feel comfortable in those conversations and relationships is to be uncomfortable at first. That's right. You got to step into those uncomfortable places. I call it practicing uncomfortability. So we have to practice what it feels like to be uncomfortable so we're not afraid of it. Um, so, wow, what a great challenge. I've, I've heard many men who look back, they're going through men's fraternity or some of this, and they'll say, man, if I'd known this when I was 30, I would have, I would have done life differently. And so you're saying you didn't know it at 30, you know it now, so go back and find a guy. Find some young men and invest in them. That's awesome, Zach. All right, Jonathan, what would you say to a father who has young sons right now about to help, how about how to help prepare them 
for the joys and challenges of manhood. How would you encourage the dads who are listening right now about how to invest well in their sons? Yeah, well, the first thing I would say is invest early and invest often. That is so big and so huge. I see it in the men that are in this room and I see it in you, Mike, like you invested early and often in your kids and it's so evident. Uh, and I wish that I had that more so when I was a kid. Um, and it's awesome to see the change. Uh, but that is one thing I would say is very huge is to invest early and invest often, but also to, to guide and provide wisdom from your past experiences as Zach was just talking about. Um, to be able to give wisdom for things that maybe you've messed up on or maybe something you've done really well and maybe you want yeah. to do well as well. So to be able to give experience uh, and to give wisdom because of your experiences, uh, that is so huge. And the last thing I would say is to cultivate an environment of trust and provide a safe place for your son to lean into you for understanding and to lean into you for love. Because I don't know how many times that I've like cried in front of these guys. Uh, and the first time I ever cried in front of my dad was when I got to talk to my dad, like a year ago, not, or not even a year ago, yeah, like, like three months, three ago months ago. Like I'm like way off on time. So like in November was the first time I think I actually cried in front of my dad because emotional excitement and emotional stability. And so to be able to provide a safe place for your son to come to you, uh, and to seek your love is so important. That's huge. Well, guys, we've talked about a lot of things here. And, and one of the things someone said it, we can't do this in our own strength. Um, we surely need the help of other men. But if, um, if you guys aren't choosing Christ, chasing after Christ, following him, reading his word, seeking him out, then our efforts are going to fall and fail because the world is going to corrupt them. Uh, John 10, 10 tells us that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And so the abundant life that we're talking about, I, th I think living out biblical manhood is part of the abundant life. But if we're not leaning into Jesus for his guidance in that and leaning into men who, when things get rough, are going to point us back to Jesus and the word, then we're just going to be tripping along through life like a, a, a herd of guys who have no direction, really. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm just so thankful that you guys are on this journey together. Uh, I would imagine that five years from now, you guys will all be in different places, serving in different parts of the world, doing different things. But my prayer and my hope is that all of you will be married, if that's God's design for you, serving in a local church investing in the lives of others, and hopefully, I pray, investing in the lives of other young men because someone has invested in you and because you understand the value of biblical manhood and how it is something that you can share with others, encourage them, and build them up. So, uh, guys, just so thankful for your time to join us today. I know you're you're taken away from other things, and um, so you've, you've been a blessing. One final word from each of you, just quickly, one quick thought to shut this down, and uh, and then we'll close out episode 45. So you want to just go around the table and give us a final thought. Hey, you're here's a question. You're getting married in three months. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> Am I ready for marriage? I think as ready as I can be. I, I know what I, I know what I know, and I don't know what I don't know. Um, Jane and I, Jane's my fiance. Jane and I were, were reading 
we did premarital counseling, we're praying, um, we're reading our Bibles. I, I think that I'm talking to married men. I think that we are trying to prepare as best we can. Um, but I know that I'm not, I don't know everything. And I know I won't know everything even after week one, month one, year one. Um, so how about I, year 40? You still yeah, won't, know I won't know everything, everything after year 40. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I guess to go along with the theme of this conversation is if there are young men who you see who are getting married in the near future, go share with, with them what you've learned. Yeah. All right. Hey guys, um, if you're listening to this, um, notice that he just told you something about fishing with some good bait. So find a young man, invite him out to dinner, be willing to spend some money to go take a guy out to eat and bless him and have a conversation with him. I, heads are nodding vigorously around that table there. So invite a young man, take him out to Outback. Don't take him to McDonald's, uh, take him to Outback, go to Texas Roadhouse, Longhorn, somewhere, buy the kid a nice meal, feed him well, and then ask him some questions about what he understands about manhood. Okay, Jeffrey, what you what do you want to say? Yeah, first, I want to say that's what I'm talking about. But I just want to echo your cause. I think all of our calls, like almost really a call to action. Um, the older men listening to this, I ask you all, we need you. Um, yeah. And we want to hear from you. Um, and we're more than open to it. Um, and for the younger guys, I ask you guys to seek out older men, hear from them, and then just seek out guys your age too, people that you can journey through life with as well. That's awesome. Zach, quick comment. Yeah, I'll try to keep it quick. I tend to be long-winded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think last thing I want to say is purposefulness. Uh, I've been stricken a lot with, with that word and um, just that idea recently. And, and what are you going to be remembered by when you leave? Uh, whether that's leave the earth for, for some older guys, uh, leave a community or an environment, leave a church, or I'm even thinking about well, how am I going to leave Valor and Virginia Tech? What is Zach Young's reputation going to be? And I hope it's one of faithfulness and, um, and, and loving investment into other people. And so that comes from, I think that's a charge to older guys to, you know what, take the time to invest in younger guys, because when they leave, Hopefully you'll still be connected and you will be somebody that they remember. Yeah. Um, and it gives your life purpose. And then younger guys seek out those mentors, seek out those people um, that you can glean wisdom from as well as find somebody else to invest in. I mean, Jesus calls us to make disciples. who are going to make disciples. who are going to make disciples. And just because I'm 22 doesn't mean I can't invest in somebody who's 18, 19 or, um, or something like that going through a phase of life I've already gone through. That's awesome. All right, Jonathan, finish us up here with a quick thought. Yeah, last thing I would say is to lead and to love. And so to be able to lead those people that we're with and to be able to love them with compassion and an open heart and an open mind. There you go. Represent Jesus to the crows, to the folks. Well, men, thank you so much for your time with us. I appreciate it. And um, just what a blessing it is to know you guys. Can't wait to be there to celebrate graduation and commissioning with you guys later this year. So uh, thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing more about your better man experience as we move forward. Well, folks, uh, this brings us to the conclusion of episode number 45 of the Noble Man podcast. We've heard from four Gen Z young men today about why manhood is so important and what they're pushing for um, in their understanding of manhood and how some older men are helping them with that process. So it's been awesome. And uh, so we will look forward to being with you next week with the Noble Man podcast. God bless you, folks.